separated by cosmic cabinets. Brandon Paul and Logan are broadcasting the Breakdown Podcast live using their telepathic powers. My name is Brandon Miracle, broadcasting live from the Breakroom Arcade. If you look south of me in the video version, you'll see the wonderful face of Paul Anderson broadcasting live from the Breakroom Clubhouse. If you look to the right of me in the video version, you'll see the wonderful face of Logan Welliver broadcasting live from the Breakroom Bedroom. Well, he's trying to broadcast. Anyway. I'm sad. Try to be beautiful. This is the Don't 20th. Try succeed. This is the 20th episode of the Breakdown Podcast, recorded live on July 2nd, 2018. This is the first episode of the Breakdown Podcast after it got severed in half with the Nintendo side of the podcast, which is now its own podcast. That part? Yeah, so um, Mystery Wada asked us to make Super Smash Brothers, and (laughs) we decided that we wanted to make it for both Wii U and 3DS. So um, (laughs) just picture the logo splitting in two, and uh, this is the Breakdown Podcast now. So if you want our Nintendo coverage and our Nintendo content, you can find the Nintendo Stuff Podcast broadcasting live on Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central Time the previous time and place for the Breakdown Podcast. The Breakdown Podcast now broadcasts live on Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Which is right now! If you want to hear us talk about all the latest Nintendo news and Nintendo coverage and the Super Smash Bros. blog, you'll find that Nintendo podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about our movies, TV, anime, shows, video games, all that stuff that we've been doing over the last week. Uh, It got a little bit extra in this episode because uh, the breakdown obviously got pushed back a couple days. So It's been like, what, like almost two, three weeks since we've done like a regular, like full length breakdown well episode 19 was like two and a half hours long of the breakdown because that was the post e3 show though right or no that was episode 18 never mind we did have 19 which was two weeks and one yeah we just keep saving it we had a lot to make up for um so yeah i want to thank you guys for joining us if you are a patron you got some stuff to do so go to our patreon if you're not a patron you should join because uh you get some cool cool privileges on the breakdown podcast for five dollars a month you actually can suggest a topic for our monthly patron episode of the breakdown podcast if you do as little as one dollar a month you can even ask us questions that we'll answer live on the show Um, it also helps us out a ton (laughs) yeah it also helps us out if you're a patron and you actually do that stuff so please there's a couple of you out there we need we need your help (laughs) Also, if, to, our, to our patrons out there, if you haven't yet, link your Discord with your Patreon account. That way you can access all of our exclusive Discord areas. Yeah, we know there's at least one of you that hasn't done that yet. Also, we have a Discord, and you should jump on that. Links to that stuff Discord. in the description. Everything you need to find. It's um, right underneath me. Yeah, right underneath Paul. <laughs> so, uh, with that, guys, why don't we jump right into the show? So, That's an idea. in a typical episode of the Breakdown Podcast, as in last week and before, uh, we wouldn't well, have gotten to this that. part until like an hour, sometimes an hour and a half into the show. So we would have to rush, 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 rush through everything that we had left. Now we have all the time in the world to talk about all the stuff we've been up to. Yeah, um, if you go back like 20 episodes, that's what it started as. And then we began to talk more news. I uh, had more discussions, and, and this is... And then our yeah. audience built off the part that wasn't the show, and we were like, what do we do? Now we have two shows. Here we are. I think the most amazing part about that, too, is that we you used to go on for like two and a half, almost three hours, just talking about what we did over a week. 
and then we added in the topic, and it somehow got shorter. Well, we've 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 been uh, refining our craft. Sure. So uh, before we get started, um, what have you guys been up to during the week? We can uh, take a few minutes to kind of chill out, catch up. The week just started. Well, there was last week. Yeah, I was about to say Monday to Monday, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's the um, the breakdown week. It's Monday Monday to Monday. Well, well hmm? um, I. Hmm caught up on some shows i binged a season here or there uh some shows finished up um me personally i've been bumming i've been not working a ton because uh, hours are scarce so i gotta maybe make some applications to some new jobs uh maybe move some different places who knows video <laughs> That that too, right? Uh, I recently <laughs> we can keep that off got, the show. <laughs> I got this. I was telling the gents, telling you guys before the show that I finally got uh, this sucker set up with my DAW, my DAW, um, Digital Audio Workstation. For those of you that don't know <clears throat> what DAW means, yeah, DAW. that's like I, I kind of explained it. I was like, nobody's gonna get what that means. <laughs> um, but hopefully, this will assist me in. Uh, creating music for myself, uh, creating music for this podcast and this channel overall. Uh, it's 49 keys. So it's given me a lot more freedom than I had with my uh, smaller keyboards. And so I'm excited about that. I even got like some of the other like uh, inputs to interface, like the, uh, the pitch wheel and the modulation wheel. Uh, so this is this is my toy, right? This was my, like, oh, Logan got a new toy. He gets to, to sit down and mess around with it. And so um, I have full faith that we'll get some tasty jams out of this one. I'm down for some tasty jams. Uh, Logan, I do have to note something. Um, I've made an observation mm -hmm. about you today, and it okay. means one of two things. Um, uh, one, you uh, like to rewear shirts within days of wearing them, or two, yes. you do your laundry a lot. Um, well, I'll... You can wear it front to back, I'll inside dress both out, front of those, to back right? again. I'll dress, uh, going backwards, right? Uh, so, one, do I do my laundry a lot? Uh, and the answer to that is, um, <laughs> no. I do not do my laundry a lot. Uh, and so you were right, you were right, right? Because I, I, I heard that, right? Um... What what you aren't right about is that I wore this the other day. Uh, the truth is I haven't stopped wearing it since the other oh, day. Oh no! I was, I was hoping. Difference. I was hoping you were about to say that you so have like thirty of that shirt. If that tells you anything about the state of my existence, uh, you're whatever you're thinking is probably right. Uh, assume the worst about my about my life. Well, man, well, the thing is, I assume, I assume that you had like two or three of that shirt. It's it's okay because the shirt you're wearing is fantastic. Oh, it's a great shirt. So if anybody doesn't know, I, I would wear that shirt specifically four um, days in a row. Yeah, no, I mean sometimes sometimes this happens, right? Other times, like I can, I have a lot of clothes though, so I like I clean my clothes and I'll have a lot of clean clothes for a while, 
very long time. But even even when I do have clean clothes, I do this kind of stuff all the time, right? As I just continue wearing the same thing that I was wearing yesterday because it's a really good shirt. And then like I recently, you know, lost a not insignificant amount of weight uh, just by eating a little bit better, which I haven't been doing well in the last few weeks, but that's okay. Um, still lost that weight. And like this shirt was a little tight on me and now it just fits really comfortable, right? So it was an opportunity to wear a shirt that I haven't worn in a while, and you get attached to it. That's a good world to live in with a yeah. snuggly shirt, keeping off the pounds. And you know what? As far as bumming is concerned, everyone needs some time to bum out. You know, like mm-hmm. if you've been bumming for like five or six days in a row, who cares? You you take that time, you live your life. You look back on it. Maybe you could have been more productive. Whatever. You can be more productive in the days going forward. So, mm-hmm. Well, that's... you definitely weren't productive in terms of this podcast because your list is pretty pretty filled out. Yeah, this is like one of the meatiest Logan lists I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's because I did a lot of... Uh, the things I did do were very self-serving, right? So um, there was a few... Uh, intentional days in there where I was like, I'm not going to try and do anything uh, important. I'm just going to do the things that I feel like doing. And then you get online with some some various friends and you're playing different games. And, um, so I got to... Yeah, if you look at my, my games list uh, there, I don't give anything away, but there are a lot of twos. I was going to say that earlier. That. There's a lot of numbers in your... Uh... Yeah, Realistic. I mean that being said, there's a lot of twos in, in all of ours, uh, but I have more. <laughs> you have the you sum have of your two. numbers are larger than the rest of us. You have a two for yes. every item on the list. You guys just had to like. Stop oh yeah, yeah, check. yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what you meant <laughs> I by see that. See the yet. calculation of, in your eyes. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Um, well, I'd say, I'd say, I don't know. I think, hey, James. You know, I think in any any week you got to do some reflection. Uh, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, so people rate video games, so maybe we should rate our weeks. Uh, give give reviews of our weeks. So, what's your um, review for your week? Uh this week had its ups, had its downs. Uh, some really, really uh, great ups, and some really. Uh, no, nothing too low, right? So it was either really mediocre or pretty exciting. So I guess that in in retrospect, it was a pretty decent week, but it still wasn't too uh, revolutionary. Um, I'm gonna say like, if I give it a number score, like a six, like a solid six, right? James says uh, yesterday was dope, Logan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, we played some. Uh, Played some Left 4 Dead 2. There you go. And yeah, I saw you playing that. And yeah, I was like, Left 4 Dead 2, alone? and then we played through, like, the first uh, two sets of levels uh, in the Portal 2 co-op. There you go. Oh. So, and I'll talk I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. And I Paul... Have... Uh, sorry. Yeah. Paul, no, how was your that's week? Okay. Yeah, Paul. Well, if I had to rate Paul. <laughs> it would be a 128 gigabyte micro SD card out of a Captain Falcon Amiibo. There you go. What Made you... some big boy purchases. What all were you up to this week or last week? 
Well, my boss was largely out of the office, which means that I got to be productive on break room arcade things. Prime so, goof off mode. Yeah. So I made mugs and a dope <laughs> t-shirt. Uh, crap. I feel like there was other stuff that I did, too. Like, I, I got some of the background or back-end stuff ready for Nintendo stuff. Um, I designed some other stuff. It was largely just goofing off, but I also watched a lot of shows and got caught up on a lot of things. And Oh, yeah, I made a video. <laughs> that, was, that was the big thing that I did at work. I mean, I did it I, at home. I started to make a video, which is better... Than it has been uh, recently, so hopefully I'll start more things. There you go. People need to see your beautiful face. Yeah, I yes. need to see my beautiful face too. I, uh, I need to see your beautiful face. <laughs> I have spent the last few days just kind of vegging out, um, watching anime and playing a lot of video games. A lot more video games than I've played in a long time, and it felt good, just to kind of you know catch up on the backlog. Spent uh, spent quite a few hours in a particular game I'll be talking about later, um, and yeah, it sunk its teeth right back into me. I was I was actually upset at myself that I even stopped. <laughs> well, after I was, I I was playing a game, and I checked my friends list, saw you're playing it. I quit playing. I came back like hours later, saw you're still playing. <laughs> that is all I did that entire day. <laughs> It was madness, and I loved every minute of it. Anyway, um, so yeah, I caught up on a lot of games, and that's really all I've been up to outside of, you know, and working if you had to rate day. it. If I had to rate it, I'd give it uh, one Diet Orange Crush out of zero Diet Orange Crushes. Out of zero Diet Orange Crushes. That's pretty good. I don't think that, I think that's indefinite. You can't divide by zero. <laughs> yeah, so you can make that's it. How you can make it. You can make what you want of it. Because I have a Nintendo Switch dock. Mine's in the other room, dang it. Uh, so Otherwise with that, we'll get into the actual breakdown segment of the Breakdown Podcast, which is the main segment now. Woo, we're here. We made uh, it to the segment. We did this it. This is my favorite segment. The show. We made it to the show. Uh, so starting with movies and TV for this week, I'll uh, kind of kick us off. And Paul, I know you watched this too. I, Tanya. Yep. Um, caught it on Hulu. If you've wanted to see it, it's on Hulu right now, uh, available to subscribers. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, Margot Robbie plays the lead. It's uh, about a scandalous incident in the Olympic figure skating world. I'll let you kind of... Figure skating world? Figure skating world. We'll let you watch it to find out what exactly. Yeah. Um, but if you know, you know, because it was a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. Margot Robbie does a fantastic job in this, I thought. They actually did a good job. Like, even when they switched to her, it took a long time to start re- actually recognizing her. Like, oh, they like did a in good character. Job, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like they did a good job of making her look like someone else. Yeah, and so it was less like, oh hey, that's, that's Margot Robbie. You know, it was oh hey, this is that figure skater. It's uh, so interesting to see a subject matter and a person like this come back into uh, the public consciousness uh, especially in the way that it has right yeah so like there's this movie I Tanya uh, there was a song just recently in the past few months from Sufjan Stevens uh, called um, I think it might have just been called Tanya I think he said it was just Tanya yeah 
Um, but then in addition to that, like a week ago on uh, late night with Jimmy Fallon, Tonight Show, Tonight Show, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, Barack Hampton performed a song called Tanya, uh, and they name dropped the movie I, Tanya uh, in the song. Uh, and so I think they're using it, um, you know, to express some grievance uh, that they have and comparing themselves to, to Tanya and getting caught up in something. Uh, Is it, uh, it reference to how the media handles these kinds of things? Um, I think it's something more personal in this okay. song. Uh, they just recently had a fallout with a, a member um, over some allegations and so they're they're kind of heated about that still and so it came out in song <laughs> gotcha well i tanya i well i it focuses mostly on trying to reach the truth of the the situation um whether or not you choose to believe it but that's also a big thematic point for the movie is uh how the media handle these kinds of situations um how much truth is actually in there and to what extent the media is using them for ratings um that uh, that comes into big uh, big play towards the last act of the movie um but uh i feel like that's a truth that we can certainly attest to um this day and age because it's only gotten worse as social media has gotten bigger um, you, you just see a few seconds of a situation and you wrap your mind around that and you decide what you think about that situation in that moment without any context. Well, I yeah. feel like it's a lot yeah. of unreliable narrator because you don't know exactly who's telling the truth or what exactly is the truth. You're getting a lot of different perspectives mm-hmm. and you have to take these people out there. Yeah, you know, and they make that what they're saying. they make that clear in a couple cases too where you look at like a direct back and forth between... Uh, tanya and her husband and one says one thing the other says the other and you see it both ways and you're like i don't know which one's real but they're telling me both and then they go on with the story without ever really resolving the truth behind that um but it still plays a part in the story throughout the movie so i think they're trying to 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 push you in one direction with also leaving the possibility that this may not even be true we don't know right well you kind of have to take a stance and to serve the narrative right yeah um because otherwise if you're going nowhere then i mean it's not an interesting film uh so and this actually this reminds me you talking about like the whole like you know we we don't know who to believe we don't know what to believe something uh like a piece of of work that deals with that um i watched something earlier uh that kind of echoes that same kind of like thing something awful happened and everybody's looking for somebody to blame um and a lot of the truth gets lost in that because everybody's so heated uh, and they're not thinking clearly about a situation uh and it's just it's verbal chaos you know people just throwing out like conspiracies and, and then you have and the bandwagoners to too down. who will yeah. see a situation developing decide on something or how they feel without even knowing anything even like the the baseline information the media will give you not even knowing that um, right 
Yeah, so I think this movie has some pretty interesting perspectives as far as that goes. I love the way it handles the deliverance of information. Sometimes yeah. you'll cut to a scene and the fourth wall is just completely broken. Like Margot Robbie will look into the camera and then give you a personal comment about how she feels about the situation before proceeding with the action again. Uh, I love those moments. They uh, they add a little bit of color to the movie, which I think is awesome. And uh, they yeah. definitely keep you engaged. Well, just a very like it had an interesting vibe, being like such a serious situation. They kind of took I don't know almost like a very light approach to it, mm-hmm. where like they were dealing with a lot of really heavy things, you know, abuse, and it was kind of presented in a way that like wasn't as um, I don't know, depressing. Yeah, it's it's not quite sugar coated. You're definitely getting the uh, the truth that they want you to see, but they're not trying to make you feel bad about it at the same time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so an interesting approach as far as that goes. I do want to take a moment to mention there's a specific character. I think his name was Sean in like the last half of the movie. That, I thought, uh, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, you get a particular idea about Sean. He's kind of eccentric, kind of dumb. Um, you hear some of the things he says. Eccentric. You see some of the things he says in the movie, but then you get his true-to-life real interview segment played during the credits of the film, and some of the things that they put in the movie were word-for-word things he said, and it was hysterical. Um, Those, like, interviews at the end were, like, I think part of my favorite portion of it, because you realize just how, like, pretty close they actually got the characters to yeah their counterparts. it was an incredibly accurate <laughs> depiction based on the very little we get to see of the real people um and for that i really loved it especially her mother and the bird, <laughs> oh, the bird. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't you know she's been married what i think she said five times and right now um her current companionship in life is this pet bird that she has that keeps like nibbling at her neck and ear during her interview then they show her real interview from a um, back when this happened and there's the bird nibbling at her neck it was all true <laughs> absolutely love it um that's so yeah. strange yeah so uh i'm i'm glad i finally sat down and gave this movie a watch i'd highly recommend it to any movie buff or anyone who's interested in figure skating or that particular situation um pretty cool stuff my uh my wife really enjoyed it but she's also really into figure skating so it was a it was a good movie for both of us to, to see at the same time, uh, Logan, I would highly recommend you uh, you sit down no, and watch that. I, you know, I don't know. I haven't watched it already, and and chances are, with with how many uh, streaming services I have available uh, to me at any given point, like it, it's probably there somewhere, right? Hulu. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. Yep. That's actually go. why I started watching because it opened up Hulu and it was I think it was even on like the first like page. So it was the first thing I saw. I'm like, oh yeah, Brian said I should watch that. And so I did. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to catch it in theaters um with my movie pass, but I just never found an opportunity. Uh so I was glad to finally see it. Um one movie yeah. I did use my movie pass on over the last couple days, I saw Won't You Be My Neighbor? which is the documentary about Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And um, it was fantastic, actually. I, I'm i a big fan of Fred Rogers. I used to watch uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, back before I was even in preschool, uh, my mom, um, I think her work schedule was a little weird, so she would kind of take naps during the day. And uh, my sister was in preschool at the time, um, or it may have even been kindergarten. I don't remember for sure. Uh, but the deal was, I would be sitting there watching public television, 
until Mr. Rogers came on. And after Mr. Rogers' program was over, I'd wake her up and we'd go pick up my sister from school. So that was uh, that was several years of my life. Um, and then, of course, I watched Mr. Rogers even beyond that. I have a ton of respect for the man. Um, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. There really isn't anything bad to say about Fred Rogers. They They tackle no. some subjects that are even, you know... Well, I shouldn't say even, but are definitely prevalent today, um, such as um, the uh, um, homophobia. Um, And you get a little bit of insight onto Fred's stance on that. And I thought the approach they took was really interesting. Um, There's a character on the show that uh, was was closet while he was on the program. and you learn the circumstances of how his coworkers found out he was gay and kind of how that shaped his relationship with Fred. And um, just uh, just hearing how Fred handled that situation is really incredible. Um, it shows you just how much character he had because he was a devout Christian. Um, and obviously the Christian views on that kind of thing are, are much different than, you know, right. the public in today's day. Um, so it was really interesting to see that and kind of what he stood for. Obviously, they took a moment to mention the incredible moment where he saved public television. Um, mm-hmm. He's singing some words, or not even singing, just saying the words to one of his songs um, to the judge. And the judge, right after he was done, he's like, I guess you just you just won your $20 million. You just saved public television. Right. So it was really incredible to see. Um, you, I learned a lot of things about Fred that I didn't know. So if you are a fan of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, or if you are even if you even have any interest in Fred Rogers as a person at all, I'd, I'd highly recommend you check this out. And I don't know why you wouldn't, because, uh, one, he's an interesting dude, and, two, he's one of the most inspirational dudes. I mean, I, I, there's a reason why somebody, like, when they talk about Fred Rogers, half of them also are talking about, like, um, Bob Ross? Yeah. Both public television. Yeah. yeah. And both, like, super, like, uplifting individuals who are like, oh, you can do it. You can. And then they got, they meant it, too. Like, they were just genuine people. Um, one of the great th- things. One of the things that stood out to me um, that there was a section. Uh, where they were kind of talking about the show's format and uh, how Mm -hmm. Fred specifically treasured moments of silence. Um, You know, things that were on TV for kids at the time were very loud, colorful, and just, you know, violence and screaming and clowns and all that kind of stuff. But Fred Mm -hmm. would treasure the moments where he was just on screen, tying his shoe, feeding the fish, admiring a picture, and it would just be silent for just a few seconds. You know, maybe even five to ten seconds, and you know, you live for those moments, um, and it gives the child an opportunity to kind of ingest what they're seeing and, and be a part of it. Um, and I thought it was some really interesting perspective on just his entire perspective on on children's education and television. Um, right. So definitely check it out. I would love to see it again. I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out. You actually kind of broke my heart when you said you saw it. For whatever reason, I thought it was out already. And so I, I jumped on the streaming service. Like, where did you watch that at? Oh no, and I saw it, it in theaters. It, oh yeah, it was in theaters. Yeah, I looked up showtimes after you told me you saw it, and like the closest one to me is like forty miles away. And I, I, like, I feel lucky I got to see it at all. I didn't think it was even going to come to Rockford, and it, even right. then, it only came to one of our two theaters. Um, I'm in an interesting camp with that because I'm one of those people that didn't grow up with him, and I, 
him and Bob Ross are two people that like I didn't really know anything about, but the people around me did, and so I was able to learn more about them through all the people around me that had the nostalgia for them, and I was able to learn certain things, grow some appreciation. That's why I want to go see it, not because I grew up watching him, but because I I just learned to respect him through the admiration of the people around me. Then this yeah, this is a perfect movie for you then, because this, uh, this gives you all the the perspective and the insight on his life. Um, I legitimately like maybe like two-thirds of that movie i legitimately like had a smile on my face it was <laughs> i felt very good watching that how many times did you cry uh it a few actually um a lot of that came from just you know emotions i had um from watching the show as a child and and just mm-hmm. how much of an impact he's had on my life because after i left the theater i was i just i realized how many you know some of my mannerisms and some of the way uh the ways i communicate with people and and things like that just how much of it came from that show because i watched it at such a young age um Mm -hmm. so i absolutely loved it gonna pick it up when it comes out and that's everything i watched this week that wasn't anime (laughs) that wasn't anime killing it all right paul throw it into your corner all right so i think it was two fridays ago i started talking about game of thrones season seven i finished it the next day (laughs) it might have been the best season of game of thrones since the first season that's uh that's an incredible accomplishment for a show that's been on for so long yeah it it had a lot of really really great moments and it was once i started it was really stop like i was gonna watch like maybe a couple episodes each day and i just couldn't stop myself from watching all of it like the the thing that like hurt the most when i got done with it is that there wasn't more like we're so close to the end and so many of these different plot lines that you watch slowly come together are everybody's united in the same place doing the same thing and i just want to see the conclusion (laughs) 2019, man. It's going to be a long wait. It's be a long winter. I've heard a couple characters have mentioned they've wrapped up their final scenes. Yep. Which is it inadvertent. Needs to be 2019 already. It's weird. Like, that's inadvertently, like, a spoiler for someone who hasn't finished it yet. Because this show is often about people, you know, well, not about them, but a lot of people die. So now well, I know at least who's alive. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that. Just because, like, it's a very, like, graphically, graphic-intensive show. So I'm going to guess they need a lot of time to add in all the CGI and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Especially where they're at now, it's going to require a lot of CGI. Okay. Like, just knowing what's, like, the last thing that I saw, like, I, I'd believe that they'd take a year just on the CGI. <laughs> yeah, thankfully they have the budget and the time for that, right? Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great finale, I hope anyway. But at least like I got through five and six and I was rewarded with season seven. Everything like one through four is really great to pretty good. Then there's five and six. Are they the And then there's really great seven. Are they the Mega Man's five through eight? I, I think so. Okay. Like they're important to like you see everything kind of come together for seven and then seven kind of seven does the last push to bring everything together and that's why it's able 
it, it moved a lot of ground where five and six were like stuck in the same places for a very long time and moving very slowly. Was and it all, was it like just, was it like future setup or was it just kind of yeah, it was all setting up for season seven. And okay, so season so, seven, like they picked it all up and they ran with it. So five, so five and six aren't necessarily seasons that can stand on their own. No, or shouldn't be considered that way. <laughs> no. Okay. At least according they, to Paul. Yeah, they do a lot of like world building. That, that's all I can really say. They bring certain people together, and then you know it just keeps kind of growing. I think it's important but, to note that you know season seven probably wouldn't have been as good for you like if you hadn't had that time in five and six. Oh, uh, definitely. That's how I feel about Clanid. You should you should go back and you should watch through season seven. I highly recommend it. Don't watch it with your parents. If you Poor don't Joe. watch, if you're eight, unless you're eighteen and older, unless your parents are eighteen years or older, don't watch it unless your parents are eighteen years and older. Else, <laughs> cool. Oh boy. If your parents are cool, then go for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else do we got? So I sat down and I also watched all of season two for Thirteen Reasons Why. All of oh, it, man. All of it. Oh. Wow, I didn't it even know you were watching weekend. it. Wow, yep. I, I he didn't watch season one. Me. He just watched season two. I didn't watch the first one. I said I watched all of season two. Okay, so he, ra- uh, he watched twenty six reasons uh, why. <laughs> <laughs> we made that joke like a month and a half ago. <laughs> and I'm bringing it back. It's a bit <laughs> full circle. Full circle. So, what did you think, Paul? Going into it, I wasn't sure how a, how they could top season one of that, and how they could keep working in this world and make keep making it interesting, and I was very wrong with that. It's <laughs> they, a pleasant surprise, isn't the, it? Yeah, they did a good job of like expanding the bit of the story we got, seeing those other perspectives, and um, seeing a lot more of the consequences of uh, Hannah's actions in the lives of the people around her. And they did. Throughout the season, they do a good job of kind of building towards more while also resolving things. Yeah. And so, like, I noticed that with, like, season one and season two, where you end both seasons and... Okay. <laughs> it's not as, like, cliffhangery. This one was a little more so than the one, but... Yeah, you leave... You very much leave in a situation, unlike the first one. Um, I hate build. I hate like the build up to that situation too because I like that character a whole lot. That was very and stressful just, for me to watch. I really wanted to see like good things for him, and it broke my heart that everything just fell apart. Yeah, they they're really trying to drive home the sad realities that some people go through. Um, <laughs> and I'll have to mention again, like Stranger or Stranger Things, Thirteen Reasons Why is not something you should watch. Um, if you're not mentally prepared for it, because it, it can be rough. Um, they did a good job. So with what you're saying is, their, if like, you if you feel like you need a trigger warning, you probably shouldn't watch the show. Yeah, though they have gone back and put the trigger warnings in season one and again in season two. I was gonna oh, say really? they did a lot of good job, like putting in a warning ahead of time, but also like link or have that link to resources if you need help 
And they start every so episode there you, with like that. If you need help, if you're struggling with things like that, seek it out. Right. Please. Yeah, a lot of the which criticisms. Is, is I think, I think that's probably the most appropriate response that Netflix could have had. Uh, to like any sort of controversy surrounding the subject uh, because I you know I think it's something that needs to be explored and whether you agree with um, how they handled it or not uh, I don't think that means it's off limits you know uh, even in the way that it was expressed and so um, it reminds me of the underground film movements um, those movements uh, you know, do things in film that at the time were considered blasphemous or ridiculous or they didn't make sense, and now they're main features mm-hmm. of films today. And to me, this is just that cycle repeating itself. Maybe yeah. maybe to more yeah. of an extreme that we've seen in the past and maybe really should be dialed back. Um, but without yeah. this, we don't move the medium forward. Yeah. Well, this is well, also... Think... Go ahead. Uh, I, well, I think with any medium, uh, there there. Just needs to be some sort of balance, right? So you you need to be pushing the envelope. There needs to be push, be pushy people people pushing the envelope. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you see this in politics, right? There's uh, there's the the progressives versus the conservatives, and that's that's how I view everybody now, right? You're either with your views, you're looking to move somewhere. Uh, or you're conservative and say no 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 here's good right um and there's value in both there's value in saying let's let's push forward uh because as more things are allowed to be talked about you know and that aren't you know either like illegal or taboo uh then we can have discussions about them and we can put them in their context uh, where they need to be whether they're good things or bad things uh, they need to be put in their proper context and the only way we can do that is if we have discussions about them uh, but the conservative movement and that's that's where the discussion happens right the conservatives are like whoa whoa wait wait a minute before you do this before we decide let's let's have a discussion about this and make sure we're not going off the deep end uh, because a lot of progressives will put like reckless ideas out there, right? And and we don't want reckless ideas. We want good ideas uh, that work, and so that that uh, applies to politics and, and society, and that also applies uh, to making art, making movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that in mind, what uh, what were some standouts for you this season, Paul? Tyler as a whole, just Tyler's <laughs> character arc. Yeah, like that. Um, that was probably the most interesting part of the season to me. But there's also, um, dang it, there's just so much to it. Like it's I, a very full season. I and like you move th- around. You see a lot of characters. I like the evolution of Clay's grief because um, mm-hmm. it it persists. You know, like just because there was resolution in season one doesn't mean that clay is going to stop having particular feelings it's not just done there it, it's something that's going to persist yeah and they make it very clear like even towards the end of the season that it will always persist this is not something that just ends um mm-hmm. so I, I thought that was a, a really really well done interpretation of of, of grief um and clay's relationship 
I was about to say that Clay's relationship yeah. with a particular character, Justin, was just made me so happy over the season. Uh, I, I was absolutely 150% on board with everything that was going on there. Loved it. There was uh, only one moment that I was like, Justin, sweetie. There was a couple moments where I was like, Justin, come on, Justin. Justin. But actually, I really liked Justin's redemption in this season. Oh, yeah. That's probably the best word for it. The the character arcs are so well written for these characters. I am invested oh. in everyone. Mr. Porter, I was super on board with what was going on with Mr. Porter. Michaela, like during one of his scenes, like, shouted because she was so happy. <laughs> uh, Jessica and, and the friend she makes. I like that dynamic a lot. Yeah, that was and an interesting... Kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think that was an interesting part of the conversation that they uh, that they didn't touch on with the first one, and uh, it was kind of cool to see that that support group talking to people who's had who have had these experiences themselves, and um, how that conversation between them may not be any easier than it is to talk to someone who hasn't. Uh, well, you also see like on the surface, I forgot the friend's name. But, you know, you think that she's got it figured out. You think that she's taken her life back. And you kind of see there's it's still affecting her. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to play cool. Like, you know, she's got everything figured out. And really, she doesn't. And it's one of those things that, like, what they've been through, are it's the type of thing that you're never going to just let go of completely. It's always, it's go, always going to be a little bit there. Yeah. And it, it takes a point to kind of... Um, to tell us how how we should deal with those things, um, or that there are multiple multitude of ways to deal with those kinds of things. Some better than others, obviously, but um, it, like it, having a campfire. <laughs> it, it doesn't go away, but it it can be managed better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think this show does so much good, but people focus so hard on maybe what it could do better. Um, I mean that that's also kind of an important part of the discussion, but yeah, it, it just I think overall the benefit of having the conversations about the subject matter of the show is just more important because there are things that we don't talk about, but the things that people struggle with. I mean, even right now, it's eliciting what I would what I would consider a very uh, healthy discussion about mm -hmm. um, the subject matter, and I'd like to see more of that going forward. So hopefully. Uh, with season three, which hope uh, it seems like that might happen, um, there are lobbyists they who are trying to better. shut it down. Um, lobbyists who are trying to shut it down, or people who are lobbying to shut the show down. Yeah, because of its subject matter. Because of the way it handles a, a couple scenes, and there's a, a an argument that it glamorizes suicide, which I think is just wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's really stupid. And I mean, even even if it did, uh, the question is, does it have the right to exist? And I think in any case, yes, it has the right to exist. It's not doing anything explicitly illegal. You know, there's nothing shady about how they went about the production. Um, it's a story. It's fiction. Uh, you know, hopefully, and I, it probably has. It's probably spurred a lot of conversations, and and you know, it's it's there's, doing there's what it's scare about scares about um, 
you know, questionable content causing people to make brash actions in the past, and it generally doesn't hold up. The, you know? the show's doing what it's set out to do and that it's starting the conversation. Um, whether An uncomfortable or not, conversation. Whether or not the show becomes the Christ in the situation where it ultimately sacrifices itself, uh, that remains to be seen. But it, in the end, it set out what it was supposed to do. Yeah. There's two interesting things about like lobbying against it. One, it's kind of free publicity for the show. And so yeah. it gets more attention, gives it a larger spotlight, so it's more likely to get more people watching it. It's like, but um, it also, like you said, it has it starts the conversation, but it also has a link to resources. So if you need the help, chances are you can find it. Yeah, I was gonna say in in, uh, in a similar way to uh, uh, how PUBG when they were suing. Uh, epic over Fortnite and the battle royale um you know all of a sudden everybody knows what Fortnite is uh, a little bit differently because i mean this is a netflix production uh yeah. so people know about it because netflix is like yeah well i but mean this was a time, this was a novel like 10 years ago and it didn't get any attention yeah. well not nearly attention it has now until netflix so yeah mm-hmm. same thing <laughs> yeah um so with that, we should move on into your next thing, Paul. Oh, you're gonna like this. Uh, so last night I was looking at, I was looking at buying a movie on Voodoo, and I I bought Blockers, but I also saw that Love Simon was on sale. So like two very different. Things. Yes, indeed. <laughs> starting with Love Simon, it's ten bucks. Love on Simon, Iconia. What next? <laughs> I banana. But like EYE, gamma banana. So, so what'd you think? That was a fantastic movie, isn't it? Like you, as much as you like push for me to watch it, like you, you undersold it, man. Like that movie's fantastic. It's actually delightful. Is the word I would use. Yeah, yeah. Like it was also another one that's kind of dealing with like a heavy not super heavy theme but like a tabooish subject there are people that'll watch this movie and you know brah humbug right <laughs> but I, I think it was such a teenage movie and so great and like such rich characters and such powerful dynamics and it also features the uh woman who plays hannah in in uh 13 reasons why so a little crossover it also has kid flash oh who is kid flash kid flash (laughs) uh uh bran okay i think it was his name uh logan i think i watched this movie around the time that you were you were like super pushing for uh was it was it called by your name call me by your name yeah Yeah. is love simon the other gay movie yes (laughs) (laughs) the other gay movie that should have been their marketing i was actually gonna i was gonna follow because i mean paul you've seen you've seen uh call me by your name yeah Mm -hmm. uh how do they compare i mean whether you thought one was uh better or not or maybe they're not better necessarily just how very different? different tones Okay. Like Love Simon is a lot lighter. 
a little bit or a lot faster too. Yeah. Also, what what like when does Love Simon take place? Because I know um, I know Call Me by Your Name takes place in the eighties. I think it's this the present, is, uh, isn't it? Yeah, Love Simon is the present. Okay, so technology uh, I mean, actually that's... plays a part a part in the movie. Yeah. More than I thought it would. Because uh, that's a huge difference because uh, in the context that they didn't really touch on in Call Me By Your Name is that that kind of relationship in the 80s was still very, you know, taboo. taboo. Right. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like, at the end. It's kind of um, like Moonlight. Yeah. Brandon, have you seen Call Me By Your Name at this point? No, but I have seen we'll Moonlight. Okay, I'll go. I'll go watch Love, Simon. Uh, and then you you go watch Call Me By Your Name. It's a done um, deal. I mean, I was going to watch it anyway. It's just a matter of when. Right, yeah. Um, but so, so I mean, in that context, it changes because, um, you know, Oliver and, was not sure how Elio's parents would react to uh, a relationship uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, but they were also in... Uh, you know, summer in Europe, and so it, you know, Love's, views differ. Love Simon touches on that kind of coming out um, anxiety a little bit. Yeah, but overall, it's not really like the theme of the movie. Well, I mean, yeah. I, it, it's neither is it um, in Call Me by Your Name, right? It's never explicitly said, uh, but kind of like how they feel around how they try to you know keep it a secret for the most part. Um, you know, so it just I I will be interested to see Love Simon for myself. I don't want to talk like too deep into it because I want you to still be able to go and experience Love Simon. Yeah, I mean, even even then, like I'm not, I don't, I'm not big on being spoiled. Yeah. I, wait, no, that that makes it sound like I hate spoilers. I don't care. I just don't care. Love, yeah. Simon was just interesting because, like, the consequences for Simon aren't because he's gay and he's keeping it. A, it was because he was keeping it a secret and the steps he went to keep the secret that got him into trouble. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like yeah. the consequences of a, a pyramid scheme, I guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. And so it's still, like, it, it wholesome comes to mind. Yeah, the, this movie's very bright, very cheerful. I wouldn't exactly say trite, because that might be taking it too far. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of dips its toes into rom-com, but uh, I don't know if saying it's a rom-com is exactly doing a service to the movie. Um, I mean, you could take you could take the, uh, the romance part, and that would have definitely been a rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a nice mix between rom com and drama, and obviously those things go hand in hand. But I think it right. leans just a little bit over rom com, but the uh, the dramatic elements are still there, and the the thematic elements of the movie are really cool too, like the the technology, like Paul and I mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there'll be a nice contrast for you when you sit down and watch that. Can't wait. We had we this kind have- of. Dis- contrasty discussion about two other movies during the beginning of this show not this episode but I'm trying to remember what hmm. it was i like when we can compare things yeah we should just we should start a comparison series the comparison podcast 
Okay, but can we get to the real meat of uh, Paul's movie discussions, though? There's blockers. Blockers. <laughs> Go for it, Paul. So, I mean, first off, disclaimer: this is this is, I think, directed by Seth Rogen, or at the very least, he's like a producer. He's associated. Yeah, and so like it, I can't say that this would be impact or as impactful the second time around as it is the first time. <laughs> Um, it, it does dabble in its inappropriate humor a lot, and I think oh, it does you don't rely say. on that quite a bit. Oh, this was actually directed by a woman. Oh, hey, yeah, considering okay, produced by Seth Rogen. Um, I think let's... like it has really solid themes, and like the story around the comedy bits is really solid, and that's why like this movie reviewed surprisingly well. Better than I thought. Yeah. You had thought they're um, How did it? Well, it was like an eighty-six. On I was just gonna say, you said dirty humor, and and the way you said it, it, it made it feel like you were suggesting like there's there's some dirty there's some dirty humor in this film, and I was like, is it dirty I mean, humor without being cheap? Where does it kind of land? But well, what I was getting at is, is like cheap. the 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 movie is called Blockers, but in all of the promotional art. There's there's a rooster. There's a rooster. Yeah, like yeah, it's obvious what so, they're going for. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if you know the movie's about, I mean, which is why I didn't delve too deep into right. it. Well, that's the plot of the film. Yeah. What I meant by all that is that it has its cheap humor, but it it does also have a lot of really great bits. Like John Cena in this movie is phenomenal. That's like the main reason I wanted to see it was because of John Cena. Like, I mean, there was there's the. The, the infamous butt chug scene, which is pretty cheap, but like he has a lot of, like before that, <laughs> they're posing, they're trying to sneak in this party and they're posing as like teenagers and they're clearly not, but like the kid they were talking to who was calling them out on it was specifically like, you're the copiest person I've ever seen. Prove to me you're not a cop. <laughs> and like yeah, the like... whole, the whole time, He's in like full dad mode and he's like critiquing these young kids. And it's kind of amazing. He's like, look at my haircut. This is a normal men's haircut. Go get a haircut. Just a lot of little things like that throughout the movie. So is it not amazing that this movie is sitting at a 69 on Metacritic? <laughs> Oh, I think they planned that. Yeah, so like you said, like, oh, this is a this like this movie feels like it shouldn't be as well reviewed as a sixty nine, you know? Um, like that's 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 pretty good. I you know, expected I, like I know a lot of people like, don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but I like it a little more than Metacritic in this case because it's binary. You either yeah, liked it or you I didn't. Mean, <laughs> So I, I think I'm not going to dabble too much in uh, the differences between the aggregate sites. Um, well, they handle they it all, very differently. They all offer a different set of information. Uh, and it's not, it's not the information itself it's, that it's bad, but it causes people to do nutty things. Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's good interpretations uh, and useful interpretations, pragmatics, um, you know, things that you can do with that data. Uh, but at the same time, don't don't let it rule everything you do, right? Well, I just mean, like, in general with this movie, regardless of the site, I was expecting, like, generously it'd be a 660, you know, whatever. 
Yeah. And then to find out, like, Rotten Tomatoes had, like, 86, even the 69 on Metacritic, like, that, that's way higher than I ever would have thought for this movie. It's yeah, sitting at an 83. 83% for critics, and then di- and exactly 50% for audience score. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, you could see a lot of pretentious people walking into that film uh, without... I could see a lot uh, of old people walking away because <laughs> they're offended. This yeah, is the type of movie yeah. my dad would like, I'm offended! <laughs> but I also wonder British. what the... Um, but the demographics for the the user base on Rotten Tomatoes is, and also like not just okay who uses it, but then also who's going to see this film, and and which of those people are enjoying what. Um, well, I feel like with user reviews too, like I don't inherently trust them because most people will leave a review when they dislike something, not yeah. right. when they like it. But vice versa, if I type in something like. Uh, the Room, which comes up as Tommy Wiseau's The Room on Rotten Tomatoes. I wonder if it's on Metacritic. Uh, regardless, like the user reviews for that film are great because of the type of experience that it is. If you so consider again, a 46% a great. Did I ever talk about the disaster artist yeah, on the show? Yeah, well, like, okay, do you know how awful that film is? I don't think is? so. And so to have a disproportionate number of people enjoy I... it. Um, I mean, you know, I watched that in one of our off weeks. They're both failing but I did great. Watch that. And I need to, I need to stop what I was saying to mention just how great the Disaster Artist was. Very good movie. And having like that background information, like, oh man, yeah, it also, gives me even more appreciation yeah. for the room. Yeah. Um, if anybody's wondering about the room, uh, it's a great bad film. Go watch it. Uh, but not with your parents. The, Might be the, the greatest bad artist, film of all time. The Disaster Artist is on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have Amazon Prime Video, it's there for, for free, I guess. For I was free. telling my coworker about that service. movie. And then he went and watched it. And I'm like, man, you should have watched The Room first. He's like, I don't think I need to. He hasn't seen The Room. Aw. I know. So it, he broke my heart. I was going to so try good. and watch it with him. The Room has a nine. On I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> Guys, we need to have a movie night. Just watch the, the room, room again. A nine on I'm in. Uh, where <laughs> were we at with blockers? Uh, we got distracted in the meta. <laughs> Give me more blockers, and we got to move on. So, um, you have you have three parents, three kids, and all three parents are coming together to try and save their kids. That, you know, from uh, doing the nasty on prom night. That's the, the nasty. basic plot. <laughs> The parents have a very interesting dynamic where they're like kind of pseudo friends because their kids are. But like one of the dads in particular is like he got divorced from his wife. He's, you know, the cheater. Come to find out, you know, it's not exactly the situation. Um, but you also have like John Cena's character. He's trying to um, trying to like be friends and hang out with the woman. But she's, uh, I forget her name, I forget her character's name. Um, But, like, she's trying to politely decline because she's not really interested in being friends with him. She's more focused on, um, you know, how her daughter's about to leave the nest and how she'll be alone because she was a single parent. And so her whole life has just been her and her daughter, and she's going to lose that. Completely ignoring the fact that there's this other person trying to reach out and be a friend to her. 
you have John Cena, who's the very stern parent, and he has the tomboy girl. And like, I love she the gives, contrast. Like, perfect football analogies, and like, she's the man's man. I love that. I love everything about that. <laughs> and John Cena is just like such a dad, and it's he's very uptight, and it's just kind of amazing. Um, but going to like the 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 screw up father, the uh, the cheater. The, I think he had the, the most dad. interesting dynamic of with the three of them, because he'd be talking and he'd be like truly speaking from the heart, and they'd be ignoring him. Like it pans back out, and they're just like talking about other things. But he also was like the most interesting of the three parents, because he was trying to. He was trying to be supportive. He was trying to give his daughter the prom night he thought she deserved, so the best night possible. And he's actually trying to mostly stop the other two parents from interfering with that. Same time, you find out that his daughter is gay, and he knows that. Girls can't be gay. They can. Yeah, like boys. And so it was a more interesting dynamic in that case because he wasn't necessarily trying to stop her from letting the freak flag fly, but he was trying to make sure she was staying true to herself. It's an interesting approach. Yeah. I like and that. And so it's very interesting the dynamics between the parents and the kids and kind of seeing that unfold and seeing everyone grow together. So overall, it was a really good film. That was also a comedy. <laughs> you don't often find those two things aligned, so that's that's always nice to hear. I feel like they've been gaining better in the last few years. And the same with like horror been... movies, kind of a resurgence. Like, I've heard yeah. Hereditary is fantastic, but I'm too much of a lame-o to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go see it. I, I go on uh, When's the Jump or Where's the Jump.com to find out how many jump scares there are. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was it's for Where's people like me it's a uh, it's too i get too uh, anxiety is like through the roof so i can't do it um but uh there's only two minor jump scares in that movie so i'm like i might be able to handle that <laughs> <laughs> um all right logan uh, what do you got for movies and tv uh well this week it was comedy and youtube okay YouTube. so um i'm a pansy and i'm proud uh, I do play John, horror games. I don't do e either of those. Johnny so and fans. I had been watching a show called Crashing on HBO. Uh, the first when the first season went up, uh, it is a semi-autobiographical uh, comedy uh, series uh, based around the comic Pete Holmes. And he plays the titular character. He plays a fictional version of himself. And it is very funny. And it is very relatable. Uh, the character comes from a evangelical Christian background. Uh, and the first episode starts with his wife cheating on him and their marriage falling apart uh, in the very first episode. And then everything that falls and his life is crashing all around him and he oh, uh, oh there it is these, yeah and the second season uh they started more exploring some of like 
his personal beliefs that he he the character held uh, up to that point. Uh, but now that everything's falling apart, uh, he's he's having the time of his life, and he's pursuing uh, uh, a career as a comedian. So uh, it is good. Second season is good. I finished the second season. I watched the last two episodes today. I wasn't supposed to, but I did. Don't tell Johnny. <gasps> Unless he's watching this. No, I mean, it's on the Johnny, internet now. But I will be watching both of those episodes. I come back like two you. weeks after he finishes it with you, and he's like, come on, dude. Why? Yeah. So I'll, I'll watch <laughs> it with him again. I'll be like, oh, yeah. Finish crashing season two, Johnny. Um. And then I'll tell him that I talked about it on the podcast, and then maybe he'll watch the podcast. Um, he doesn't watch the podcast? Don't even get me I, started on my wife. Right. Why does all our friends and family hate us? Getting no support. Where's that support from my family and friends? Gotta guilt People. trip him on like some Facebook post. Hey, James you. can't believe you've done this. Yeah, I can't believe I've done this either, right? Um, but after I finished that, I watched... Uh, Pete Holmes uh, you, stand up on HBO, which came out either last year or this year. It was very good. It was entertaining. He's a good comic. Uh, and lastly, I watched a three-part uh, three-part documentary from Shane Dawson. I heard about this uh, on on YouTube about Tanacon. Okay, and oh man, it was so gripping. It was so well made. I've heard some good uh, things about it, yeah. Yeah, so I just think the whole Tanacon situation, I was like, I, I kept hearing about know, it, like, and then I started watching. Was don't, that the one where they... Even... What? Should I go online? Is that the debacle thing where they uh, the kids signed up for like the uh, the concert thing, and they all just got trapped on that island? Kind of. That's different. It's kind. It's it's like the same thing, but it's not the same thing. So it wasn't a music festival. No, it wasn't a music festival. Okay. So Tanacon was. Isn't there Tana a movie Mojo's... for that particular situation already? What? Anyway, Wait, keep going. Mean? Sorry, Paul <laughs> reminded me of something. <laughs> so Tanamojo is like, uh, screw VidCon. I hate VidCon. They did some shady things. So. I'm gonna start my own convention, and then she like convention. got a bunch of like YouTube creators, like big YouTube creators, uh, including Shane Dawson, which is why he ended up making the documentary because he was highly, highly involved. Uh, to the point, like, um, he kind of realized after the fact because it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. I'll, I'll spare some of the larger details, but um, turns out a lot of the people that showed up showed up primarily because of shane dawson even though it was tanacon uh because he was such a big he's he's huge right his, hey, he's like his, legacy uh, youtuber he's been so around shane for a long time and he's still very popular yeah so uh like i think the first um part in the documentary had like 9.6 million views last time i checked it and it's yeah i like looked a, it up before the show because i wanted to yeah. watch it um so, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for Shane as a creator. I watched him years ago when he was still doing, like, sketch comedy and characters and stuff on his uh, Shane Dawson TV uh, channel. Now he just does it on his Shane channel, does stuff on his cha Shane channel for the most part. 
um, and it's like mostly like just topical videos and vlogs. And man, he has such a big following. I've kind of danced um, around his vlogs a bit. I haven't seen like much of the legacy stuff. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting for a number of reasons. Interesting because it felt like a reality television show. Uh, but the characters felt actually like they were, it was not scripted. It just was people trying to get to the bottom of something and documenting it along the way. But man, there was a lot of drama and that's always fun, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, people like screaming at each other. Like this feels like, like, a like an episode of some weird TV show. Yeah. Weird TV show, except this is people going through the motion screwing up um yeah and and so like everybody was just kind of looking for somebody to blame right something goes down and somebody needs to take the blame right and so everybody's just hurling all this information and and shane went about it he goes to people I'm going to have people discuss things with other people. And guess what? We're going to figure out what happened and we're going to figure out how to fix it. And that's what it ended up. It's like, it wasn't perfect. And it's like, okay, well now we know what happened. And at the very, very end of the video, like he had gathered more information and he just had a list of like, like figures and of like how many people were actually in attendance, how many tickets were sold, how much money was involved. Um, who hired what where was their miscommunication who screwed up um and it was just like it felt like uh an adult shane is 29 at this point uh kind of like reprimanding children for like doing something stupid right because tana's like 20 and the guy who was running the uh the entertainment company the booking company the management company good times or whatever um like the ceo it's it's literally i think he's the sole proprietor he just has a bunch of like extra like interns or something like that is that's what i've heard of um but he's like 21 so like these are babies and they're trying to run a convention and they're also trying to do it in a very short period of time um and the reasons for doing them are kind of like why are you going to this trouble just for these reasons you know mm-hmm. um you hear about so this dumb lot- stuff like this a lot with like esports tournaments with the yeah. uh, tournament organizers that don't know what they're doing <laughs> so yeah so i think honestly the most exciting the the best part about this is one it's entertaining it's really entertaining like go go watch this if you haven't right where can um, you watch it YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and then it's it's a three-parter. So you watch one part, and then you take a break, and then you what come back the, and you watch another part. What's the runtime? Uh, it's about 25 minutes for the first one, about half an hour for the second, and about 41, 42 minutes for the third. So like an under two-hour runtime total? Like an yeah. hour and a half? Yeah. So I watched the first two like back-to-back because they were already out. Uh, and then the third one came out today, so I watched it a few hours ago it was good i liked it uh and i liked that there was like this responsible adult who was like okay we're gonna figure this out uh you guys are gonna take the blame and i'm gonna tell you how you guys screwed up but we're gonna fix it 
we're gonna get it all figured out i love I'm that about sure shane because okay. you know his he's played like really wacky and unstable characters so to see right. him like play the figurehead here is kind yeah. of amazing yeah i i think it's just somebody who's been through a lot um and you know has grown up because you know by the time you're 29 you're almost you know almost in your 30s and and you've got a lot of wisdom under your belt that you did not have at 2021. 20, yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, it's some big conspiracy. Somebody's trying to make a million bucks off of this. And, uh, but the evidence just doesn't support that. The ev what the evidence support uh, is that two very young people got in way over their heads uh, with a bunch of other young people, and they ended up screwing people over because... They were being reckless, not because they were being uh, malevolent, um, mm. but just they were reckless. Uninformed, so, too fast. Yeah. And I think that's true for a lot of things, right? You know, people uh, attribute. Uh, I think there's some saying that I hear again and again, don't attribute to malevolence what you can attribute to stupidity. Uh, and that's certainly true in this case as well. Go watch it. It's really great. Shane's, I think uh, I know what I'm doing for the rest creator. of the night. Um, and I can't believe I'm back on his stuff because yeah. I'm like, I think that happened with Philip DeFranco too, is I kind of fell off of him for a little bit, but recently uh, been back on. So that's been my week with movies and TV. I've been TV. having a similar experience with Smosh because I fell off Smosh a long time ago. But uh, it's just Ian now. But uh, they're seeing a lot of success with that uh, series they do every blank ever. And they just handle a different subject with each video. They, man, I, I don't know how. But it's it's been running for quite um, quite a while. Another legacy YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to take a, a minute. To, uh, you kind of reminded me. Another YouTube documentary that you might like to watch, especially if you're a Smash fan, is there is a documentary documenting the esports scene for Super Smash Brothers ever since its inception. Um, I think it's like 10 episodes long, runs like five hours in total, and it was very good. So if you want some background. And that's called? The Smash Brothers. The Smash Brothers. I would highly I recommend like Smash it. Bros. Um, there's a sequel coming out soon. The guy, it's a one-man show, and uh, he's getting close. He just finished the rough cut on the second part, or the second Super installment. Super Smash Bros. documentary melee. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's the that's that's what it will be called. <laughs> um, so yeah, some some good free documentaries available on YouTube. Um. <laughs> With that, we will jump into the old anime segment. Yay! I've been watching a lot of Boruto's dad recently. Uh, so I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was like fully committing, and then I blinked and I'm on episode 56. So, yeah, that happened in like a week. I mean, you're not fully <laughs> committed until you're like 200 episodes into Shippuden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at your list, and I didn't know this is Brandon, how you just have it written in. is Boruto's dad and Boruto. Boruto dad, Boruto's dad. <laughs> next generation. It was hard for me. Like, I was I was doing some back-end stuff, trying to get ready to, like, post this. And uh, for, for Boruto's, or for Boruto, Boruto's dad, <laughs> next generations, I, I legitimately could not 
decipher what that was. <laughs> because I'm not familiar. I, I didn't know it was like Boruto, Naruto, Next Generations. It's the official title of the anime. Yeah. So I see Boruto twice. Like, what is this? It is one of my favorite memes in recent memory. It's just... Uh, it's, it's pretty great. You know, this series is targeted at a new audience um, for the future of Naruto, <laughs> like the next generation of viewers. So uh, th- there's a meme going around where uh, the next generation of viewers don't know who Naruto is, so they refer to him as Boruto's dad. <laughs> And then you see, like, this is Boruto's dad. And then there was another series called Boruto's Dad Shippuden. I like the one, uh, like, the one that started it was someone's, like, yeah, I really like this Boruto. They should make, but his dad's pretty cool. They should make a show centered around Boruto's dad. (laughs) What about Boruto's dad's adventures? That'd be a great manga. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um... Who's Boruto's dad? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> He's the Hokage! So, Naruto. Um, I am currently in the Chunin exams arc, and for those of you who are familiar with oh, Naruto hey. would know that the Chunin exams is, like, 50-plus episodes long. It is a ridiculously long arc. Um, so long. Followed it's by two... First, like, major arc. It is the second major arc, um, and the two that two there's only two more after that are only 26 episodes apiece. So this is a meaty boy. <laughs> I am currently in the tuning exam finals. Uh, oh hey, that didn't take you very long. Yeah, I am. The next episode is the first match of the tuning exam finals. Um, for mm. those of you familiar with shonen anime, there every anime since Dragon Ball, every one of them has a tournament arc. All of them. There is not the one without, an, without a tournament arc. And yeah, I wouldn't say it's the best arc, but it's great. It's not bad by any means. Fight me. I actually it's really like... I think all four main arcs in the original Naruto are very strong. Um, the uh, first one takes some time to figure out what it's doing, but that like last that final act of the first arc yeah. is so good. And then the second arc, tuning exams, has been great from start to finish. The arc that follows is really good, and the one after that is really good. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm enjoying reliving it. It's weird because like, you know, you think with an anime like this, you know, uh, shown in anime have like those really hype moments where the hero does something unexpected and spectacular. Those moments still hit home for me. Like even when I already know what's coming, it just feels good, and I love that. Yeah. So kind of revisiting the show has been really really therapeutic for me i think yeah. um so looking forward to watching the rest of that don't know if i'll get through shippuden when i get to that part maybe i will <laughs> maybe I mean, I at the very least at that point i'd say like use a filler guide you've seen all the oh, filler yeah. i'm not watching you know the filler. you like it or whatnot but even then it's still like a, a 400 episode commitment um part one is a lot easier to digest than part two did they finish dubbing shippuden Part two is getting close to completion on the dub. Miley Flanagan has tweeted out that she has recorded her final episode. Okay. I was going to say, like, holy crap. I don't know. I don't know if Miley Flanagan's going to come back for Boruto. Um, I'd be disappointed if she didn't. But she did the movie, so, like, she did the movie. Yeah. (laughs) When are we getting a uh, Boruto's dad, Kai? Kai? (laughs) I don't know, but 
Boruto, I was going to call it Boruto's dad, like, legitimately. Um, <laughs> Nar- Boruto's grandpa. That's the show I want. That'd be a good show. Anyway, Nor- N- Naruto. Naruto! <laughs> <laughs> Naruto does not need a Kai version nearly as badly as part two. Naruto can stand alone just fine as it is right now um, because it is a is, is a pretty direct adaptation of the manga. Um Little bit of fluff here and there, but well, uh, they can they condense the fluff to one area of it for the most part. There is a big block of 100 episodes that says this is filler, Um, but uh, everything before that, well, most of it is canon, and then there's like one can one canon episode at the end of Naruto. So I would say for Naruto, like make Naruto Kai. But do part one and two. Just condense all of that down into just one. And just call it all Naruto. Naruto. Yeah. Yeah, because the, like the, manga. the manga is just Naruto from start yeah. to finish. It's not like Dragon Ball, where it actually became Dragon Ball Z at one point. Um, so, yeah, loving Naruto. I'm I'm remembering why I love this show so much. Another How's thing. His I, kid? I'll get to his kid in a second. Um, okay. It's funny to me. I remember, like, there's a very distinct point where I think that Miley Flanagan really figures out how to perform Naruto. And I think it actually comes down to the episode. Like, What's the episode? So, like, the episode right after the preliminary... or Not right after the preliminaries. It's, like, right after Naruto's fight in the preliminary tuning exams. Like, right after that, every performance from Miley Flanagan is just perfect. Or, like, as perfect as you could get um, for that performance. And I'm like, I okay. don't know if, like, the voice director just, like, flipped a switch or if they realized what the they emotion, were doing wrong. The emotion of that fight, that preliminary fight, probably just, uh, or the end of it, or who, who went right after Naruto? Fought? Right that... after Naruto is Rock Lee? No, it's Hinata versus Neji. Because that's what I thought. That That's an emotional fight. And yeah. so that might have been the, the, the switch. I th- I think you're oh, right hey, actually. Real. Yeah, for, I don't know what it is, but man, she just figures it out like all at once, and I'm like, that's the Naruto I came for. <laughs> um, so yeah, loving that. Boruto's dead. Next generations. Um, it's it's interesting. So like, we are in the absolute final act of the movie now, as far as the plot goes. The final battle. So it will mm-hmm. not be long before I find out what happens next, which I've so been waiting for. So they did the for. same thing that you read the manga. Did. It does exactly the same thing that Dragon Ball Super did. Uh, However, it, it does it well. It does it really well. This arc is actually incredibly well crafted, as far as an adaptation is concerned, because um, it uses the animation from the movie whenever that applies. It just cuts it out, puts it in the show. And then Rough. you have all these extra scenes on top of that um, that build character relationships, build the world out a little bit more, and it really makes a nice stellar package for someone who's already seen the movie. Like, I am enjoying myself, you know, revisiting it with all this extra information. Um, how much, how many episodes did they expand it into? Uh, I think a full 26 season. Because that, that's, you know, an hour and a half long film, so like... If you're breaking that out between 26 episodes, you're going to have a lot of new, which is probably like my chief complaint with all the rehashing that they've done with the movie's plot. Oh, yeah, because, you know, you, you and I... Four times that I've seen it. 
Paul and, and I different. have seen the movie subbed. We've seen it dubbed. We've read the manga. We experienced the story in the video game. So to for me to say that this is a good adaptation is a really like powerful thing. Um, yeah. They're doing it justice, and I'm really pleased with it so far. I just hope that whatever follows it um, can succeed in continuing that momentum. Because right now it's yeah. really good. I'm I'm enjoying myself a lot. Uh, That's the important thing. Couldn't any couldn't be any more than just three or four more episodes before it's over. I should also mention that this arc has like a five or six episode buildup before it starts. So they even mm. lead into it really well. So I, I can't praise it enough. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next in the story. I feel like I've been in the same place in the timeline of the Leaf Village since... Uh, Welcome to Naruto! Since we saw the movie in theaters. It's like I haven't seen really much past that since then. So it's uh, it's very yeah. exciting for me. Um, it's like when I was watching Dragon Ball Super when it was first airing in Japan. And the first like 26 episodes of that, which was six months, by the way... Um, was just me revisiting something that was so much better in the movies. Um, so to kind of have that reversed feels good. Yeah. Um, I did not do what you guys did, which I'm assuming you both watched the sub for My Hero Academia. I uh, I have yeah. locked myself into the dub, so I'm not watching yeah, anymore until I'm the dub comes out. I've the sub the last two weeks. <laughs> Same. I'm going to go back and watch the dub when it's available, but yeah, I, I will not be stopped where for, we are at. For me, I just kind of want, want to package my experience all in one format. Yeah, and I think it's okay, too, because, I mean, we start getting the dub again next week. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, the next episode just kind of wraps up kind of a lot of the stuff that's happening and transitions it. Um, and then the most recent episode kind of just continues on that and sets That's up the for fun what's episode to come next. In between, it's the fun little bit. Yeah, because where everything's kind of normal again. Yeah, my, everything's. My, it's my, like not filler, but it feels like it could be filler in a sense. My hero has kind yeah. of been dividing its seasons up into two arcs apiece, so we're I guess we're moving into that second arc because we're only like twelve. Or 13 episodes in right now out Something of a like total of 25 i think it will come to okay um so i mean i Good don't I, you know like in the case of naruto the dub was like three million episodes behind the sub it was like a, several hundred actually so yeah. <laughs> following up with sub made sense in in this case i can deal with three episodes behind <laughs> yeah uh and i'll probably stop watching the sub you know, now that the dub's getting going again, and I mean, I won't have episodes for the next two weeks other than the dubbed uh, episode, but at least I'll have, like, the dub to watch, right? Um, man, I was so spoiled. I was so spoiled for the first half of the season. You know, it's like we got them the same exact day. We we gotta beautiful. we gotta give them a lot of credit because that cannot be That's easy to pull work. off. Yeah. 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 No, that was the logistically, man. And then uh, getting the the performance uh, as high quality in such a short period of time as well, like yeah, that's a lot of work. So I mean, all the performers the have that... fallen into their characters by this point, and yeah. I would say that they did it pretty quickly to begin with. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, I, we still get the the simul dub, uh, but we just get it two weeks instead of six months. The almost know? simul dub. <laughs> 
Right. Mostly silent. <laughs> um, so that, that's my experience with anime this week. Uh, I still have to catch up on Shokugeki now that the season's concluded. And we'll have to yeah. talk, about, talk to Roger about getting, uh, getting our show together for that. Yeah. 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 So uh, what do you got for anime, Paul? Well, I, I watched the finale of this Shokugeki no Soma. It's Is that good. the finale finale? For season three, yeah. Season it's an three. ongoing manga. We're not going to be done for a while. Okay. Yeah, it left it in the middle of the action. Much like season one. Please tell me they've already confirmed season four, though. I think we're I think we're safe. I think we have surpassed the, the, the layer of doubt that there will be mm-hmm. like a next season every season. Um, I think we're fine. Is there is there going to be a dub for that show? It's already been dubbed. Oh, has it? Mm-hmm. It's just not on a verb. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where you can really watch that. And you know, I've been into the dub or into the sub for so long that I, I don't we're see myself switching deep. over. Yeah, right, right. And this is not a dub versus sub situation because I will watch either. Um, right, right. I'd eventually like to go back and watch the dub for it, but yeah, I'd like to see how they handled it. If it was actually like available by like legal means right now, <laughs> I'd I mean, be all you over. You probably it. could buy it on some exorbitant price. Oh yeah, those I, Blu-rays I are steep. That you think I could afford Blu-rays? He's giving you credit where where he thinks you deserve it, there, Paul. Fair enough. Uh, where what else do we have on the old anime? So, I watched Black Clover, and I, I had to get caught up because I missed. And it really heated up. I was like about nowhere. to say, this is your burner show that you just kind of throw on. Well, it was... Where, last time I had watched it, they were... I couldn't... I, I legitimately couldn't tell if this was a filler arc or if this was, like, the beginning of the next arc. It felt so fillerish that I just could not figure out if it was or not. I had that experience with Boruto for a while. Yeah. Um, finally found out that it wasn't. It's canon? Arc, yeah. It's canon, and this arc is really, really good. Like, holy crap. They they cranked it up a couple notches. We're seeing certain characters fight for the first time. Senior characters, so it's like seeing Kakashi fight for the first time. Oh, what a lovely moment. Except, I don't know, to a degree, it's kind of like watching the Hokage, but not quite the Hokage, because there is that one person at the very top of their social structure. Mm-hmm. But imagine that there's only, like, maybe eight Jonin total, and then getting to watch one of them fight for the first time. That's what happened. It's a very high-class caliber person. And, like, while that's going on, he's teaching Asta to kind of work around one of his biggest shortcomings being that he can't sense other people's magic. But... Just because you can't feel out people's magic doesn't mean you can't sense their key. <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> you taught him how to sense key. <laughs> Bye, Brandon. Okay, I'm taking over. Logan's hosting Welcome now. Welcome to oh, the Logan podcast. Okay, so how did they play that off? Did Brandon he just write himself into a hole? or? So it's not like sensing their energy. It's using all of your senses to kind of feel your opponent out like, and anticipate their move. So it's half anticipation, half using all 
is to focus in on what they're doing. Okay. And so it isn't exactly like, I can sense your energy. We will be talking Power about Nagalobacks, uh, Moose Man. That will happen yep. shortly. And so, like, there was that. It, it actually does make Asta a more interesting protagonist now because he's able to fight an even higher class of enemies. And now that he's able to kind of, like, anticipate what they're doing and react to it in time like do they kind of play asta off like a loser at the beginning or where does he kind of stand <laughs> he's still kind of a loser there's like the handful of people that believe in him and really see just what's going on you have this kid that doesn't have any magical power in this society that ranks people based on how much magic they have and so you have this kid that you think is going to be a loser, but he trained so hard to overcome it. And so he's actually kind of really powerful. And he takes down people with a lot of magic very early on. And okay. really kind of really quickly breaks down these perceptions about him. That's a... Point, like, he even gets the attention of like, the Wizard King. That's a bit of a different spin than uh, yeah. Naruto. Because uh, I going back while I was watching Naruto, I forgot how much of a of a loser he really was. Sad boy. He really didn't know what he was doing. I mean, Black Clover, I believe, is another shonen. And it, oh it, yeah, it's not quite like My Hero Academia level. And it's hard to reach that, but for what it is, like it is a really solid show. Okay, so it doesn't With a slow start. <laughs> it doesn't surpass its seniors much in the way My Hero does, because I would say My Hero has surpassed its seniors at this point. Yes, it's pushed the genre forward. It's exactly what we needed. Um, I mean, I love Shonen, and so I enjoy this. Um, but in terms of like quality or like trying to relate to other ones, it's par. It's a Shonen. Enough. That's fine. Um. But moving on, I also was behind on Steins Gate Zero. Watch Steins Gate, guys. Please. It'll happen. Please. I don't know if I can fit it in my busy, busy schedule. Yeah, watch all that fighting food ons, I know. All that Shokugeki that you are not probably <laughs> going to watch. Yeah, Shokugeki. I love I I love shows about food. I love anime, but I hate anime shows about food. They hate you too. They suck. Logan dislikes fighting food ons. Confirmed. We're sorry, people. I know we all had high hopes it's that Logan would so watch fighting food ons and love it. That he would make up his own fighting food ons. Um, but fighting he just food-ons. fine, fine. Okay, do you know he'd write his own fighting food ons? My next fan video is going to be on fighting food ons. Okay, read this to me. Please make a fan your fiction o, your and then OC. read it. Why fighting food ons should be a video game? It probably yeah. is a video game. <laughs> That's Why a sad fighting food ons should still be fighting. a video game. Fighting food ons. <laughs> Let me wrangle this back in. Where are we at? Signs Gate. Yeah, Signs Gate Zero. So I've been watching that, and it's um, in the current like timeline. They haven't made a time machine, and he's the main or the protagonist isn't going to, and he's trying really hard to just 
live his life and that's kind of what the season is about he made a timeline where he had to sacrifice a friend but everybody else is fine which is something that you don't really get in that original timeline that the main series follows but somehow he found himself kind of hurtled back to that other timeline and it was just it's heating up and it's a really good show and it's still really good and you guys need to watch it <laughs> and you're hurting my feelings because you haven't <laughs> so but as far as the show that you both are watching uh, how about that in the gallo box I just watched the first episode today and holy art style it reminds me a lot of like Cash and Sins or it has like almost like an old school art style to it but it's a modern anime it feels very, um, what's the show I'm looking for? Cowboy uh, Bebop? Cowboy Bebop. It feels very Cowboy Bebop uh, in its animation and its mood. Uh, even the main character, he's like the boxing analog of Spike Spiegel. You know? Big mood. Yeah. He's got that um, hair. I, on the other hand, does. finished the last episode because I've been watching it weekly and it finished up this week. It is the season finale and I think maybe the series finale. 13 episodes. Nice and quick and it's really, really friggin' good. It's really good. I was it's, sold at boxing, you know. There's not, there's not, there's not a dull moment. I mean, you, you can't in a 13 episode or. 13 nope. episode, man, it's just quite literally punch after punch. Hey, oh. Uh, if you like boxing, it's hard. if you like anime, if you like Magala boxing. But uh, what if, if you like, I like uh, anime and, and I like, like boxing, but I don't like anime shows about boxing? <laughs> uh, then maybe you should watch Big Mood. more anime boxing shows. Uh, but if they're food anime shows don't even waste your time don't even waste your time yeah no Magal box oh yeah um what was it moose man in the in the comments here talking about Magal box and, mm -hmm. and how uh how good it is um yeah yeah. I look forward to seeing more. I, I'm not sure if it's like one of the best of the year or the best of all time. Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm at um, liberty to kind of give it that. Does, does it, it make your top five boxing anime? Yes. Does hands it, down. Does it rank in this season? Like in this season of new shows? Oh, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things. Um, I mean... I, what I'm currently watching, this is like my second favorite thing behind my hero. I'd say that's an accomplishment. It's yeah, hard to even no, come close to that. It's very, very good. I cannot recommend it enough. And I will not stop recommending it. <laughs> like, it's really good. It's been on my watch list since like this season of anime started. Yeah. And I just never and got around again, to it. It's 13, 13 episodes. Space them out. You know, that's an afternoon maybe, for me. Maybe even just do an episode a week. You know, just spread it out for the next next, you know, few months. Let's do it every two weeks, even. Yeah. Once a <laughs> month, the rest it'll take over spread. a year. 
Not that. <laughs> there we go. But you know, don't don't rush through it. It's only thirteen. Like, don't don't binge it all in one day. Okay. At Too least, late. At least Challenge watch accepted. it over the course of a week. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I can do that, but I can also watch 56 episodes of Naruto in one in one week. <laughs> so I like what you're about, Brandon. Well, I mean, I, you, you want people to watch something, but, uh, I mean, savor this one. Really, that's why I tell you to slow down, right? Uh, not because you couldn't enjoy it in one night, but sometimes, like, I don't know, for me, watching it weekly and being able to watch it start to finish 13 episodes was just really, really... It was gratifying, right? I like watching... Uh, the last time I watched a show that was subbed and I watched it like week after week when it was coming out was Kill a Kill a few years ago. And again, like really just it's a good experience, a good a good way to experience a short anime. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's I think it's different with something like Naruto, which is so long. Like yes. I can watch that in blocks and you have to watch 50 or 56 episodes in a weekend if you ever want to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that 56 episodes might equal the same amount of narrative that that 13 episode Megalo box right, accomplished. Right. Um, yeah, I'll probably definitely watch that. Now that the season's over, I can kind of pace it however I want to. Right. Um, so I'll probably check that out. I hope it gets out. a dub. If it comes out dubbed, I'll probably be picking it up. Uh, one anime I want to kind of bring to light really quick is... Uh, something my wife binged on netflix called violet evergarden not fighting foodons it's a violet evergarden um which i want to say takes place during world war ii don't quote me on that that's another one don't do this to me brandon it's different um it better be it's it's about these people and their whole job is to write letters for other people what do you mean those people so, like, the, the main character, Violet, her job is to write letters for other people to other mm. people. Um, so it's like you experience people's feelings and emotions through another character. And this character has a very s- slight um, understanding of human emotion and feeling because of the way she's raised. So you get an interesting perspective on these characters and their lives in a... Uh, also, it's animated beautifully. It's a very pretty show. Um, it this is, is a Netflix original, yeah? Yep, it is currently dubbed. And today, they just announced a movie. So, oh. You should add that to the show notes so I can remember to watch it later. Yeah. Um, I was kind of watching it passively as Michaela was watching it because that was while I was playing uh, Pokemon Sun. Um, but I could tell while I was like glancing over and listening every now and again that I was missing out on something that I should be watching. Uh, How many times did you cry watching it passive? Uh, never. How many times did Michaela cry? Many. How many times am I going to cry? Like once an episode. Each episode kind once of... Once an episode? Each episode... It's, it's <laughs> The way it's paced is each episode is another character and another story. Mm-hmm. As far as I could tell. It's kind of like uh, Mushishi in that way, where every episode is its own tale. That's another show I need to rewatch. Mushishi's so good. If you haven't seen Mushishi, I need to watch, watch it. Did I ever finish the first season? I need to I watch the second the first There's two seasons. I need to watch the second Did season. Did season two get second dubbed? Second season's more recent. Uh, second season wasn't out when we watched the first season. At least when I started. What was an episode that's like the fresh year of college? 
It's the way it's, it handles its narratives. So you get a complete narrative with every episode, for the most part. Yeah. So um, cry every episode. But there is also an overarching plot. It's much different than Mushishi in that way. So there's a yeah, big story, and then these yeah. little stories in every episode. Um, so just wanted to throw out that recommendation before we moved on to the final segment of the show. Video Whoa. games. We have a podcast? And this might be the biggest part, which is sad, because I have to go to dinner soon, so we're going to have to fly through this. Um, Dang it, Here Brandon. we are. We're at the. We're almost at the two-hour mark. This is what happens when the podcast format changes. Um, yeah, thank God. We can actually talk. <laughs> yeah, we can actually talk about the stuff we're doing. Um, this one we can all kind of talk about, at least you and I, Logan. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. We've been spending a... Grand Theft Auto Five. Where before. you been? I Where played this been? years ago. Okay, we're, I'm sorry. We're playing multiplayer. Yeah, we're playing the online, man. With friends. Years ago. And I'm like, but he's doing a lot of it. Laughing. You cut out. I didn't hear that. Oh, I was gonna say I've been like we've been online and I've been. <laughs> you cut out in the same place. Losing a lung. There I we go. I lost my lung because I laughed too much. That first time it's we played. So freaking fun. That first time we played together, we accomplished nothing in like a three-hour period. Because That's great. isn't that what you're supposed to do with Grand Theft Auto? I guess, but like there are actual goals in multiplayer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you if highs. you hate yourself well, okay, and we got to play Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because that's how, like, everybody plays it, right? Because, uh, like, even in the single player, like, I'm trying to get to, like, a um, like a mission or something like that, and it takes me, like, half an hour than it actually would take if I would just go to the place I needed to go to and not screwed around and gotten in a million cop chases See, that, before I that's, got there. That's the weird thing. I have a lot less fun playing like that, um, at least in single player, because the game sets a goal out in front of me, and my right. mind is saying, all right, I just need to go do this. See, Let me go uh, do I it. I get distracted all the time. My experience was, like, with the single player, I would play a mission and, like, Half of the time I would get super distracted like you, Logan, but the other half of the time, like I was able to like stay focused. And once I started the mission, I would keep going from mission to mission. Right. It was always when I started that I'd goof off for a while and then I'd get back yeah. to it. It's weird because- It wasn't until I got done with the story that like the only time you turn it on is to just goof off. The, right. the open world feels a little differently for me than say Breath of the Wild. Cause the way the Breath of the Wild, uh, Breath of the Wild presents it's its game to you, I guess, is uh, by piquing your interest and encouraging distraction. Whereas to GTA, mm. I feel like every experience outside of just playing the game is very samey. Um, you know what's right. going to happen. You're going to get into a car chase. Police are going to come after you. You're going to kill people. You're going to blow something that, up. That part is so appealing in and of itself. You know, it that, is. Like, it just it holds up. Not as much for me. Um, right. I fall in a diff little different spot. Like, I enjoy doing that, but to a much less degree. Right. Well, regardless, you get online, and a lot of the times you do... And when you do the same things um, online with your friends, it just makes it that much more fun, right? Well, yeah, um, I enjoy goofing and, off and, online more than single player. Right. Yeah. And then also being able to uh, accomplish a difficult heist and succeed at it is really uh, gratifying... 
Um, and then also just being able to, you have, a, it's a it's a lot more sandboxy in the online because one, you get to design your own character. Uh, two, you can buy any number of properties for garages and stuff. So you have a lot more customization. Uh, You're also not alone. For that. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, I like, I like GTA. Oftentimes, a single player. oftentimes Logan and I would get like into a bad situation with a player who likes to take their vengeance very seriously and will constantly kill you over and over and over and over again. And since you spawn close to where you died, it just kind of doesn't end until you go into passive mode or they get off. That I mean, the, the fact one that you get the passive mode GTA option, you know, is, is good, day. though. What's that, Logan? The fact that you get the passive mode option, right? Yeah. Uh, that you kind of it gives you a chance to get away from that stuff if you want. I never used it because I was always stubborn, so... I just don't enjoy that kind of experience. Like, that's not what I'm online for. And right. being forced into those kinds of situations. Because the other thing about passive mode is if you go into passive mode, you can't do any of the things that you want to do in GTA. Right, So right. it's almost like if this is going to happen to you, you might as well just leave the session or go offline in the first place. Right, right. Um, so I, I take issue with that a little bit, but uh, overall my experience with GTA 5, just in general, has been very positive, and also online has been very positive. Um, so I want to play more of that. Paul, we got to get you online, man. I will. Yeah, we do. Maybe on a week when I'm not making a video. That was last week. This is this week. Um, I just started. I've also been playing a little bit of Everspace. Um, Everspace is a roguelike that takes place in space. You shoot things. You get money. You do a story. It's about it's it. It's in VR. <clears throat> it's in VR. It's space. The VR mode is not great. Oh, it's not? No. In fact, I would highly advise against playing it in VR at all. Because it's not, oh. not good. But the game itself is good. Yeah. Um, roguelikes, roguelikes aren't my favorite to begin with, but the thing about Everspace that makes it appealing, and like the same for Binding of Isaac or Gun Enter the Gungeon, is, you know, I can play it and not feel stressed to accomplish something. I can just kind of play a couple rooms, get some gear, save and quit, come back to it later. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't feel stressed to play Everspace in the way I feel stressed to play other games. Right, um, right. We spent some time playing Payday 2. That's been fun. I don't know how much of that we have we talked about on the show. I don't think we got to. Okay, so I think we, we started playing after the show. The funny thing is, is like the Steam Summer Sale started, and we were all looking at games like, what can we buy? What's going to be multiplayer? GTA Five ended up being the multiplayer game we all bought in. Um, but then we all realized we had Payday Two, and we're like, we've never played this together. Yeah, there we also Borderlands too. Like I, I remember buying Borderlands two and Payday two specifically so we could all play a multiplayer, and then and we, we just, just never did. Yeah. At least we started. Right. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with Payday two. It's kind of like Counter Strike in terms of speed and the the con the gunplay seems fit similar to to me at least. Um, mm -hmm. And the variety of missions, there's a lot of that. I wasn't expecting there to be as much variety as there is. At least... Yeah, there's a lot of variety. There's at a least lot of so cops. far. There's also I wish a lot there of was a little more direction in some <clears throat> of the heists at the same time. Like, figuring out what's going to happen next, what you're supposed to be doing, is kind of half the fun. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of time... Like, I remember the... Uh, was it a mall? The, the Christmas like, one? Yeah. 
where we kept dying and like we it took us a while to figure out what we were doing yeah that was an experience for sure um but it was fun like we had to go yeah. slap santa in the face to or fake santa to tell us where we have to go next and one thing i like a lot about it is with those missions that require you to go collect the thing go to the place get the information and you know that kind of thing it it, it randomly generates every time you restart so it you know slightly different. the car dealership the car dealership was a great example of that where we had to go find the manager get his key card um go into his room figure out who the new hire was get to the new hire's computer steal the information um and then get to the and storage would, room and steal the key but and it was the storage room would move around yeah. and the new employee would change and where everyone's computer would also change yeah and the manager's position would change too um but he would just kind of walk around the dealership so that made for a really interesting approach like we we kind of developed a strategy that we could kind of loosely follow because not all of that like individual information was going to be the same you know the order of events you just don't know where exactly things are going to be so there is a bit of searching but you know like oh hey we've we know where the new we're going to find out where the new hire is um we know where the computers are we have to go there and look for this new hire once we figure out who he is and didn't like on one of the first runs of that logan wasn't it you that just kind of walked in there with your mask on and alerted everybody the first thing you did was put your mask on i think okay no so i didn't <laughs> alert everybody first thing i did i put my Got it. You can't take it off, at least not to my knowledge. Oh yeah, so you couldn't go in the building with us afterwards. Yeah, and so you guys went in the building. You guys started screwing around. I don't know what's happening. Um, and then eventually, like you guys alerted them, and somebody did something stupid and alerted them. And then I was like, okay, I'm we had a lot of now. instances of someone did something stupid. Let's not lie. There was a later yeah, mission like when we were in a, like an apartment complex or like a business building or something. And like the first thing I did was accidentally tap the key to throw a grenade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's game. That's a game that we need to continue to play. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Because it's a lot of fun. And then a lot of those scenarios that will end up inevitably uh, replaying, the... uh, we'll get, we'll get better at them. And you the know? progression we'll system them. is like fair. It always feels like you're moving forward. Um, it, it kind of like fools you because you level up so much, but like each individual level up really isn't worth that much in the first place. But yeah. uh, you unlock yeah. a lot of guns, you unlock a lot of equipment. I really feel like every time I play, it the reward was worth it in the end. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. they've developed a really good system with that. I think. So yeah, yeah. and uh, Joe in the chat says we need to hit him up to play some payday too. We did. We were missing out on our fourth player. Yeah. And Joe, you would be the experienced one in the group. We would probably all look bad compared to you. <laughs> that makes it more fun. <laughs> uh, Logan, something you and I have been playing together is Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, Wait yes. to invite yes. me, guys. Left 4 Dead 2. I've played Left the time Dead we played. Two. You were well past asleep at that point. Um, and yeah. actually, it started because Alvin wanted to play something with me, and I saw Logan. Didn't you we were only, online, and I was like, "Didn't hmm. we only get through like two chapters of a campaign?" We played through three actually, because okay. uh, Lo or Alvin's computer crashed on him during the second one, so he got yeah. off after that. But then you and I played it yeah. out, and then played an additional one on top yeah. of it. And then, and then, like later in the week, um, I think it was this weekend at some point, this past weekend. Uh, me and uh, James 
uh, played through one of the campaigns, like all, all five chapters. James is the one in the chat. Um, and I've known James for quite a while. And so just hit him up the other day and we just started playing other stuff. Uh, in addition to like Left 4 Dead 2, I've, we played some Portal 2 just through the beginning parts. Lots of, lots of, I've played a lot of Valve this week. Okay? I've I noticed. Tell Alvin to quit working nights so I can play with him. I'll tell him. Um, <laughs> outside of Left 4 Dead 2, I played a little bit more Mario Tennis Aces. Still enjoying that game. Currently, the July tournament is open, and you unlock Koopa Troopa for playing that. Oh, so snap. I'll be doing that. Um, I really hope that they fluff out the multiplayer modes a little bit with some free content updates. I think the game is in a state where it needs that. Um I don't think it's quite there yet, uh, but the like I said, and as many other gameplay reviews have mentioned, the gameplay is really solid. Um, mm. But I don't Gotta fix that package around it. Yeah, it it can't stand on its own like that. There needs to be more. Splatoon, you know, it launched with incredible gameplay, really revolutionary concept, um, but it had five maps and one mode, and you couldn't play with your friends. Um, but they fixed it. So I'm kind of hoping that we can fix it again. <laughs> the fact that we have to fix it them. is disappointing. I mean, you look at Mario Power Tennis, and that game is an incredible package with a ton of mini games, ton of multiplayer modes, just a lot of ways to play, and uh, that's kind of what we're missing out on right now. So I'd like to see that happen. But the main game I wanted to talk about was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, but when, before I started the uh, over the weekend, I was like at the beginning of chapter three now i'm like a quarter of the way through chapter five so and that was like i got over 10 hours of gameplay in over the weekend so i'm over 25 total right now Mm. um man i love this game i i am not like a big jrpg guy it's just not my thing not into turn-based not into like really complicated combat but this game man i don't know what it did but it figured me out it i i dialed the difficulty down to easy so i could kind of play through a little more carelessly because it's a long game and i have to finish it um yeah and that really helped like i got through two chapters in a row and i just kind of blew through it without too much difficulty but that was fine with me because there is so much exposition every other minute there's a cutscene. Fully voiced, characters are talking to each other, cool stuff is happening. Um, I love it. Joe's saying in the chat that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is made for you, Brandon, See, and he's, I, right, he's I, right. Yeah. I love exposition. That's actually part of the reason why I stopped playing it. Because, like, I, I was trying, like, I tried to find a place to stop, and I couldn't get away from cutscenes. You have to, like, There's get like, to the end of a chapter. <laughs> There's like one or two different occasions where like I was trying to stop for a half hour and I couldn't because exposition just kept happening. Between like um like so like but between chapters you'll get like the epilogue cutscene for a chapter and then it will go into the next chapter with cutscenes. I think between chapter 3 and 4 I didn't pick up my controller for like 45 minutes. <laughs> it was a long time. But that's like a Kojima game. 
It was fantastic, though. I was, like, loving every mm-hmm. minute of it. Like, the cutscenes that you get at the ends of chapters are so really good. Like, the, okay, good. It's like that so hype, like, shown in anime. The hero figures out a way to beat the villain. Something fantastical happens. Right. This is, like, this is my kind of thing. <laughs> like, right. it's, For me, it's the type of game that I need a block of time off where I can just dedicate to this and I don't have to worry about anything else. You need a lot I of time. Sort of my Put it on your calendar. Sure. Put it on your calendar. I, I, so where I'm at in the game right now, uh, some pretty big revelations have happened, like some pretty big things, um, mm. and something pretty big happened to a particular character um, that I was not expecting. Yeah, I don't. It, it's big spoilery I stuff. I can't give it away. Um, <laughs> I, there was a character that we lost. That I was inc- I was so attached to this person, and the way this person goes out is so amazing. Um, I, uh, my heart hurt. Michaela got like so invested in just watching me play. She had like somewhere she had to go, but she wouldn't leave because she wanted to know what happened and in, in like whatever oh cutscene was playing at the time. Um, the nice thing is this game has a as a cutscene theater. So you can go back and oh, watch. So you can just rewatch them. You can go back and okay. watch any cutscene. I, I love I love when games do that. It, especially when you actually skip it. The the cutscenes that are like in engine cutscenes, which I think are actually all of them. Um, the the engine in engine cutscenes where they like use like the phoned in animations and whatnot. Uh, you can mm-hmm. actually set what time of day and the weather that those take place in. Oh, and you can rewatch them just with. Everything's yeah. gonna be rainy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with Joe. All games need a cutscene viewer. Um, the the I think the reason I got like reinvested in this game and the reason I wanted to pick it back up uh, is because I'm still lobbying for Rex and Pyra to be playable in Smash Brothers because I think that'd be fantastic. Um, and mm-hmm. also that DLC package that they got coming out for Xenoblade looks really stellar. Like there's a right. meaty amount of content in there and. I, I've started seeing elements of the story that kind of play into this prequel DLC that we're getting, and I'm like, oh, yeah. well, now I need to know what happens. Well, there's something that DLC is like... A standalone. A physical standalone, right? Yeah, you can go to your local game store, and you can buy a box that just has the DLC in it. That's how big oh, it that, is. That yep. might be needy. It is a big content update. Like, this is worth the money, <laughs> from what it sounds like. They're asking 35 bucks. Um, there's a challenge mode that you also get for buying the DLC, and I don't know if you guys saw this over the Treehouse live gameplay, but they, um, Shulk and Fiora cross over into the timeline or the world during the challenge mode, and you can actually play with Shulk and Fiora as characters in the challenge mode. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, can't wait to keep playing this game. I have to. Ha- I absolutely have to know what happens next because this story is really good. Um, that's what I played during the week, and I am dying wow. of blood sugar right now. So I did so this to myself. I'm sorry. Uh, where are you at, Paul? What do you got? So Payday Two, we covered that. I played more of the Octo expansion, and guess what? I'm still not good at Splatoon. Just, just unlock your Octoling, man. I was working on that, and I'm, I'm still, I'm trying to find the best way. I found three of the, uh, the things. Okay. Um, You're I most got of the way there, two then. of them, 
So I'm halfway to my Octoling. I do eventually want to go through and do all of the different challenges, but I think I'm still a ways out. I think it's worth it to do that um, based on things that happen. Um, Fair enough. They make it worth your while to play all of the missions. I kind of figured they would. I just, like, I get caught up on, like, pop all the balloons or... I actually like the eight ball challenges, but it was like the ones where you have to do everything like super precise in a certain amount of time that I'm not as big a fan of. Those are the ones that require practice. Which is why I don't like <laughs> uh, Joe also says he agrees with playing all of the missions. Um, well, the nice thing about the Octo expansion is they give you like different weapon sets you can play those missions with. And the more mm -hmm. expensive ones, if I recall, are the ones that are easier to complete the mission with. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of variety, and uh, uh, they make it easy enough. What happened? Logan sent some messages. Oh, I can't read those. Uh, he said, uh, "Go on without me." What? Oh. Can't... Did what happen? Did am I assuming correctly? Then. I, I th I'm uh, hoping so. He talked about his most significant games already. Well, then I'll quickly, uh, I'll run through my life. I got the opportunity to pay, play Fee. Bye, Fee. I think it's Faye. For the first time, Faye. Um, I had a friend come from out of town. He had it down the Switch, and he really wanted me to try it because um, he really likes the world of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, like, a very beautiful game. It's got a really nice art style to it. Um in terms of like the reviews and stuff you know they mentioned that like it's not like a super meaty game there's not a lot to do mm -hmm. um for the most part i'm gonna say that's pretty well true um i'd gotten through i think not quite half of it but like i got through a significant portion of it there's like five or six different songs you can unlock to interact with the world and i got two of them <laughs> two or three actually um, okay so it's not a long game, but it is a $10 game, too, so I'm a little bit more relaxed on it. Um, it's not a terrible experience. Um, for being, like, a Metroidvania, it has a very interesting way that you go about, like, exploring the world in that you have to learn these songs to interact with, like, different environmental objects or animals and... The only, like, thing that I really give it kind of a negative on is story, because it's very uh, interpretive. <laughs> and oh, okay. granted, I didn't complete it. Talking to John, um, he told me that he still does. He's still not quite sure if he understands the end. <laughs> oh, so, and that can, that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on who you yeah. are. But I, I still ultimately think, like, seeing the map and all the different areas you can explore, like, it's probably worth the $10. Um, but that leads me to the, my last game. I played a couple more hours of Hollow Knight. How are you liking that? That's a good game. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Holy I, cow. I beat the first boss, and I think I've, I've discovered another area. I'm not sure. Actually, no, yeah, I did. I think you're um, ahead of me. Because there was another map. Because I haven't gotten to the first boss yet. Okay. 
Um, I thought I found the first boss, and I think it would end up just being a mini boss. I found two of those, so, and I've learned to beat them. The cool thing about this game is that, like, when you die, I wasn't sure how they how they handle that. Um, when I first died the first time, I like I noticed that all my money went away, and that upset me. Um, but if you go back to where you died, like your spirit will be there, and it'll try and attack you. But you can very easily beat that, and then you get back everything you lost by dying. Oh, okay. It's, so there's a little bit of a penalty, but it's not it's as a, big of a deal. Kind of similar to uh, what's the game I'm thinking of? Uh, Shovel Knight, because you can do the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really glad that I picked it up. <sighs> Hollow Knight. Yeah, I'm, I will say that. Like, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm excited to play more because I was really gripped by what I played so far. Get the compass. Oh, I did. Good. <laughs> I needed it. That was like the first thing that I did. That and I think the the quill or the pencil or whatever you can you if you get that it will add any area you discovered here. Okay, I think I got that too. Then you're killing it. Welcome back, Logan. Nice. But some like quite the experience. Um, I had something to attend to. That's fine. Do you have anything to add to games before I die? Um, I just want to touch on a few things. So, uh, when I said I play a lot of twos, so Portal Two, Left 4 Dead Two, Payday Two. Uh, in addition to that, I have been playing through Half Life Two again. Um, and oh man, Half Life Two is so good. That game holds up so well for being as old as it is. Uh, I want to say it's at least fourteen years old, um, if not fifteen. Or at least 2003 or something like that. Maybe one um, day we'll get three. Yeah. Uh, and then um, on and off, uh, me and my roommate Johnny, uh, we have been playing uh, NHL Hits on the GameCube. NHL Hits 2002. Boom. And, Two twos. Um, it's, it's a classic, classic, just video is, is that part game. of the nfl blitz series no uh no it is not it is not so is that is just a coincidence madden 08 well i i guess i don't really know i it's know spelled it's the just, same just, way just any nhl hits uh maybe i don't know but i just i remember having this game uh, back in the day when you know i had a gamecube uh, when that came out and uh it's just it's so good it's it's a very well-made game and it's a lot of fun uh, is it the ver is it your version your hockey version of madden 08 i guess so i guess so yeah um <laughs> is that the game scott's always bringing up yeah, yeah madden 08 for some reason <laughs> yeah there's not there's not a lot of like i not a lot of sports games i can appreciate but uh two of them are uh, nba jam and nhl hits 2002 just Oh, what what beautiful memories. Um uh and I think that's 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 about that's about it for me. Okay, cool, that's, because that's I'm it. starting to sweat. Okay. Um Go well, cool off, you diabetic. I need to eat. That's what needs to happen. Um 
I want to thank you guys all for watching the first standalone episode of the Breakdown Podcast. So we were wondering how long this was going to go, and we actually went longer. <laughs> Over two hours. I, I joked about that. You joked, and it happened. Um, we'll, we'll figure out how to bring it we'll, together next week. We'll break down the breakdown next time. Um so yeah, I want to thank you guys for watching. If you're looking for all of our Nintendo content, you can find that in the Nintendo Stuff podcast, which is live on Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Um, and what's happening this Friday on that show? This Friday, we'll be having... <laughs> whoops, it's accidentally full length. Feature length. <laughs> the picture of Donkey Kong. Um, this week, we will be having Sea Average, who is a speedrunner for the game Master Spy, who is actually at SGDQ. He was sitting on the couch behind Obi-Dobi during that run. Uh, so Obi-Dobi-Dobi. Dobi. We'll be talking to him about speedrunning, the wonderful world of speedrunning, what it was like being at SGDQ, um, talking about Master Spy, and just all that kind of cool stuff, getting into the world Apparently, of speedrunning. he met the developer for Celeste, so I got questions about that, too. Oh, yeah, that'll be awesome. So definitely look forward to that this Friday. This, is it this Friday? This Friday? This, this Friday. Okay, so this Friday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, C-Average will be on the Nintendo Stuff podcast. So look forward to that. If you want to hit us up, talk to us anytime you want, we are on Twitter at BabbaBabs or at LogieDubs or at Gunnysaurus or at Breaker Arcade. You can find all the links to the important stuff in the description of the YouTube video. Join us in our Discord server. You can chat to us. Uh, we're in there pretty much all the time. Um, well, me and Paul are anyway. What? What? Savage. Don't use this time to slander me, sir. Just give the good people what they need to know. Give them the information that's pertinent to the entertainment that we are providing. That was okay. pretty entertaining, so I think it added value to that. Don't break your backs. Break in the games, but for now, break time's over. <laughs>